0: This is the Dan Grosser Show on
1: 98.7 ESPN. Whatever happened to What's-His-Face? What's-His-Face has returned. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York back. And really locked and loaded. Big Saturday show. Of course, the number you know. Of course. 1-800-919-ESPN. You can find me on Twitter at Gordon Damer, You can find me on Instagram, at Gordon Damer, You can find me on TikTok at Old Man Radio, but most importantly, you can find me right here on your radio until 7 p.m. tonight, and we have so much to get into. Haven't been here the last couple of weeks, so there's been a lot of stuff going on there. The football with Aaron Rodgers, the Giants stuff with, uh, of course, with Daniel Jones. We're going to talk with Jordan Renan a little bit later on in the show, get the latest there with everything with the quarterback. But let's be honest. Where we got to begin today, there's only one, and that is the New York Knicks. Another win last night, eight straight now, five straight since the All-Star break, 11 games over 500. have not lost since the Josh Hart trade. You got Julius Randle just playing at another level, which is really saying something, considering two years ago, most improved player, second team All-NBA, and yet he is playing at a higher level now. he did then back then it seemed like oh it was just a miracle fluky kind of year and what he's shown you so far this year is no that was not a fluky kind of year this is the guy he has been this year since the trade deadline averaging I think it's 29 and 8 last night 43 and 9 along with three assists that big three which looked like disaster not not exactly the way you uh, draw it up Right. After getting stripped, giving up the lead, no timeouts, losing the ball. You figure yourself, oh, boy, this is, you know, as good as this win streak has been blowing a 17 point lead on the road against Miami, a team that's chasing you right now in the standings, it would really kind of take a little bit out of steam out of how the team had been playing. But he gets the ball back. Jimmy Butler all over him. And he hits the three, just a thrilling shot. You got the double bang from Mike Green. That doesn't happen very often. I don't think it's ever happened for a Nick before. The reaction of Randall, the reaction of Tibbs, the reaction mostly of the Heat fans. Oh my God, was that delicious? That was fantastic. That one guy, uh, when you're watching it on TV, was it, he was wearing like a red shirt that was right by the score bug on the bottom right-hand corner. Just devastated when that three, just a dagger of a three going down for the Knicks. Nothing as delicious as even now, even still all after all these years, as beating the Heat in Miami. You saw a different uh, crowd reaction. I almost wanted one channel of just crowd reaction from that shot, just to see the Heat fans suffering. So second eight-game winning streak of the season for the Knicks. And this one kind of feels a little bit more authentic, right? Like back then when they won the eight in a row, it felt good and you're excited and all that, but it didn't really feel real. With the way things have kind of gone in the right direction for this Knicks team, it feels a little bit more authentic based on how Randall is playing, based on how Jalen Brunson is playing, a ho-hum 25 for him last night. Not too many uh, cries about how he's overpaid anymore, right? Not too many of those cries anymore. So you you notice a lot now with the Knicks where w- how the season has gone, the questions, can they be the fourth seed? Can they overtake Cleveland? Can they win a playoff series? Can they get to the second round? How far can they go? And I, I do think that as exciting as this moment is right now, You have to avoid the temptation of leaving the moment right now. Is there ever a time anymore where we can just kind of enjoy what's going on without extrapolating out? Like, my son and I, we we sit and we watch movies together. I show him the classic movies. I show him, well, not all the classic movies, but a lot of the classic movies. You know, as he gets older, you can see a few other ones. Uh, But, you know, great TV shows. We got done with Breaking Bad. We're watching Better Call Saul right now. And I don't know, maybe it's because he's 15. Maybe it's because, you know, a shorter attention span. But throughout the entire show, the show starts. Who's that guy? What what does that mean? Where are they going? I said, just sit and watch the show. If if it's something that's important, they'll tell you. But it's not a puzzle. You don't have to figure it out. This is not Bobby Fisher playing chess where you got to be thinking seven steps ahead of the game. Just sit back and enjoy the show and enjoy what's going on. Now, I would agree. Right now, the fourth seed, yeah, it does seem like a perfectly reasonable goal. But I, I don't feel the need to start extrapolating. Oh, we get the we get Cleveland. We we can play. Can we beat that? T- can we beat them? What happens if we drop down to six? What happens if we're at five? I I don't know. Like I, I it's nice to have expectations beyond just waiting for the season to end and getting to the the. The, the draft lottery, that's fantastic that that's not the, the fate of this team anymore. And maybe it is that I don't want to, uh, you know, you're still kind of burned from a couple of years ago where, yeah, you were the fourth seed, but then you got into the playoffs and you got completely exposed as a complete fraud. Now, I don't think that that's this team. They're clearly more talented than they were then. But the idea that expectations are a privilege, they're also really kind of a pain they're exhausting as a fan. Now, look, in, with some teams, when you have prolonged success, you're going to have to deal with the expectations, especially if, you're, if, you're, if you have a lot of them. If, you're, if, if your goal is to win a championship or get to a World Series or to get to a Super Bowl, okay, fine. But the, the expectations are absolutely exhausting, because it takes you out of the now. It focuses you on everything else. And I get that that happens. But you, don't, you have to allow that to build on its own. I don't think that you have to all of a sudden say, well, the Knicks have won eight in a row. They're now a game behind Cleveland. All right, what does that mean? How does, how does this work out for the playoffs? What does it mean if they don't win a playoff series? What, who are we getting as a superstar? All those things are down the road. Can I just sit and enjoy the moment for a second? It's taken us 20 years to get to this moment. And the saying, uh, comparison is the thief of joy, expectations are kind of the same way. Because you know and I know, Yankee fans don't enjoy the regular season because all the expectations are based on the postseason. The Yankees could go out this year and win 125 games, and people wouldn't be happy if they lost in the playoffs. Same thing for the Mets. You don't go on to the offseason, spend a billion dollars, and truly get to enjoy the regular season as you as you probably should, because all the expectations are built on, on what comes next. And I get it. Expectations for the Knicks are building on their own. But let's let them get there without every conversation being about the future. And the future is a figment of your imagination. Let's live in the now. Let's live in the moment. Because the moment is pretty good. And that win last night was absolutely sensational. Because, again, how many times have you seen that game where the Knicks have had a lead... They're playing a team that they, they should absolutely beat. That was a game last night. Larry and I were talking about it during the week. That's a game, especially with the the road trip coming up, with Boston right around the corner tomorrow. That's a game you absolutely have to win. If you are telling us that you are a legitimate contender for the fifth seed or the fourth seed or a legitimate playoff team, you're not one of the teams that's in the play-in that hopes to get into the playoffs, that you're a legitimate top 10, top 8 kind of team in the in the sport, then that's a game you have to win. A team that's chasing you, a team that's been inconsistent all year, a team that I think you're better than. You have to go and win that game, and that's exactly what they did last night. And to me, what's exciting about the now that kind of leads to the few, but not so much, what's exciting about the now is because when you get to see the evidence that they act, the, the regime actually knows what they're doing, that's the best evidence you can have. Actual proof. It's all well and good to tell you, oh, well, you know, I want to believe in the people running my organization, but they can tell you a lot of things. A lot of people who have run the Knicks the last few years, not these, this regime, but previous ones, they told you a whole lot of things that didn't turn out to be true. So the now, to me, is exciting because of not just where you're at, it's the best evidence that this regime actually knows what they're doing, and certainly more so than, than previous regimes. Because let's be honest, let's go back a couple of years When Leon Rose got the job, myself, I knew I wasn't all that crazy about it at the time. Guy's never been a GM before. I don't know what to expect. Now, this regime will ultimately be judged on, I think, what superstar they truly bring here and how much success they have when that happens. But we got to be honest. We can't have revisionist history. They've already kind of proved us wrong a lot so far from the coach, who, myself included, wasn't all that crazy about when they hired him. I, I, I didn't think that the Knicks were a win-now kind of team, and that's the kind of team you have to be if you're hiring Tom Thibodeau. But it has worked out so far pretty well. Last year was not great. I think that was more about the moves that were made in the offseason not panning out, and maybe the front office and the coach not being on the same page in terms of those moves. But the first year certainly worked out. And, and look, there were a lot of people this year who said, well, you know what, it's clear, Tibbs is wearing out his welcome, it's going to be time, we're going to have to change the coach, which was never going to happen, was never going to happen, even when they were two or three games under five hundred, But they stuck with Randall, signed him to the contract, that a lot of us didn't feel like that was the best move uh, going forward. They landed Brunson, who has been way better than anyone could have expected. The Josh Hart move, which has been fantastic. I mean, they saw the value in him more so than than maybe others did so i'm not saying they've gotten everything right but you want your organization to have a better read on what the landscape of the sport is than you or i and with the way things are kind of trending right now you don't want to get too carried away they're not going to win a championship this year they're not going to win a championship is currently built but considering what you've watched the last two decades there's far more realistic reason for nick fans to be excited than there has been in a very long time You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Talking some Knicks after the win last night. Eight straight wins now. And uh, if you're a Knick fan, you have to be absolutely ecstatic with the way the season has gone. And I would just say, just stay in the now. Don't fall for the bait. Because you know how good things are for the Knicks right now? The best sign that things are good for the Knicks right now? The verified Nick haters of the world, you know who they are. They're starting to throw you some compliments. It's easy to get sucked in. Charles Barkley with Jalen Brunson as the greatest free agent signing of all time. Max Kellerman was praising the Knicks the other day. The verified Nick haters, they're a little concerned because for the first time in a long time, it looks like the Knicks actually know what they're doing and are actually getting some results of it. So don't don't get don't fall for the trap. Don't take the bait. Just enjoy the moment as it's going right now and uh don't get sucked into the expectations of oh they have to do this or they have to do that. It's just enjoy the ride while it's going on. And look, the other thing I was saying about the 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 current regime, you would have to say with no matter how the season ends, if the Knicks get to the playoffs this year, as we all, I mean, that's a fair, that's not reaching for some pipe dream down the road. They have to be a part of the playoffs this year when they've gotten to where they've gotten to. But what did we all say three years ago, was it three years ago, four years ago, when KD and Kyrie blew off the Knicks and they go to Brooklyn? Brooklyn? Well, you know what? You can't expect someone to come here and be the savior, that you gotta do the hard work yourself. You gotta build something before you can expect anybody to just come here and save your, and Tony Dungy, he had a, I remember watching one time he had a story about how they turned around the Buccaneers, and and one of the things they did was in the draft they stopped looking for saviors. They stopped looking at players what their top end could be. And they just looked at, at, at drafting good, solid players. And the idea was if you, if you draft enough solid players, if you make enough solid moves, some of those moves are going to break through. So I think that that's clear as well, that when you're talking about you have to do the hard work yourself, that's what the Knicks have done. This is what, the, If you want the Knicks, after that whole thing happened with the free agents and not landing the free agent, to go build something themselves, That's absolutely what they've done. So they've already surpassed their win total from last year. They're going to win more games this year than they did two years ago. And it absolutely feels much more authentic. I mean, go back and I get that there might be some comparisons because it's the same coach and it's, it's Randall uh, and it's largely the same team from a couple of years ago in terms of pieces that are still here now, but the overall talent of the team is completely different. And, uh, I would be shocked if the Knicks got into the playoffs this year, and whoever they matched up against and did not put up a far greater fight than they did uh, a couple of years ago, because outside of that one game, they, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. All right, let's get some phone calls. And one eight hundred nine one nine ESPN is the telephone number. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go out to uh, Ted. Is in the truck. Ted, first up on the Gordon Damer show.
0: Hey, how you doing, Gordon? Hey, Ted. Okay, I just want to start out and say I'm a diehard Knicks fan. I am enjoying the run that they are on right now. How could you but know? I have some serious concerns, and I'll tell you why. We had an opportunity to bring in Donovan Mitchell in the summer, and if they weren't going to make R.J. a major part of the team and have him you know, on the bench in the fourth quarters, why didn't they package R.J., Grimes, Toppin, and a few other you know, major picks and bring in Donovan Mitchell because the NBA is wide open this year and the Knicks would actually have a chance. And instead, we don't have a chance. We're not beating the Bucks. We're not beating the Suns. We're not as good as those teams. And we would have been right there with them if they would have just pulled the trigger and made a real move and it was right in front of them. Yeah, so yeah, I'm I, I don't kind know of,
1: that they would have e- even with Donovan Mitchell. I don't think I, I don't really think anybody's beating the Bucks. I don't think that they're at the level of the Suns, even if they did get Donovan Mitchell. I hear what you're saying, and I think to me, look, look, the, the, look. the, 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 the bigger mistake are, are is that it old. seems like they misread the situation with RJ, and that's a guy that's on their team, and that's a situation you can't have. You have to be able to scout your own guys. But I think you're over. Now, they, would they be higher than what they are right now? Yeah, probably. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's a sensational yeah. player. But probably. also, you know, you take Grimes out of them, Grimes has been fantastic this year. Uh, you, you don't, no, he no, hasn't. I mean, what's that?
0: Grimes has been fantastic? Yeah. No, yes. he hasn't. No, he hasn't. Okay, Absolutely let, let, he let has. me tell you something. His over-under for, for points a game is like six and a half on
1: FanDuel. Okay, he's not. a he he's has not, a not been. That's dancing. that's the beauty of him. You don't need another scorer. I mean, they're scoring a ton. No, of points but we do. Yes,
0: we do. Yes, no. we do. Because let's let me tell you what's going to happen in the playoffs. Okay, Randall's going to turn into a pumpkin, and we're going to get punked out by Donovan Mitchell when we could have just had him. We could have well, had look, him. Ted, if that turns, me, turns out to be the case, it,
1: Ted. If that turns out to be oh. the case, and thanks for the phone call. Uh, then you'll have something to. say. And look, that's that's a possibility, right? Like if the Knicks stay at five. And even if they don't stay at five, a four or five seed, that's a that's a toss up kind of series. So if the Knicks were to go and 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 get you know gentlemen swept, so they only win one game like they did a couple of years ago, then you'd have a fair point. Um, but the whole Donovan Mitchell trade, and and I kind of wanted it at the time. I wasn't ready to to go full bore, but um, I, I don't think that you can you can look back on that and say, well, you know, if we would. Everything that we've done so far this year would be exactly the same, but we would have just added Donovan Mitchell and it would be that much better. We would be the three seed. We'd be the two seed. We'd be competing with the the Bucks and the Celtics and the Suns out west and all that type of stuff. Uh, I, I don't think you can just throw that on there and make it out like, you know what, all the good stuff would be exactly the same. There would have been an adjustment period. Who knows? Maybe... You know, just because Jalen Brunson has come here and hit the ground running, I don't know. Maybe maybe that would have been different for Donovan Mitchell. That's the way that things have worked out for Brunson. That's kind of been the exception to the rule rather than the way things generally go. Generally, when a big star comes to New York, there is an adjustment period. Uh, let's go to Spike, our buddy Spike in St. Pete. Spike, what's going on?
2: Whoa, that's first call. Uh Don't know the guy. Sounds like he's intelligent. Sounds like he laid the three points last night.
1: (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, Grimes is, uh, you know, his point about Grimes is moronic because the Knicks don't need The the reason why Grimes is successful is because he does all the other stuff. Now, he can score at times, but that's not really why he's out there.
2: Yes, let me let me just uh, grab uh, a few seconds to explain to people who don't hear us at night. Uh, there's a core bunch of regular callers that call Larry and Gordon on their great show after the games and kind of break down the games. And we analyzed it. We're very critical to a fault at times, especially Julius Randle. I'm pulling back and giving him his flowers. But i got to tell you how I felt last night. And something happened last night after the game, Gordon, that I'm I'm, I'm touched by it, really, when the game ended in the most crazy way we could imagine. Because there's no way you and Larry and Booter and Trey
1: and all the regulars and Richard— after he fumbled the ball the third time. Oh, my God. You you, you, you thought for sure. If I could have won on FanDuel right now, I would have bet the house that the Knicks were losing that game.
2: You would have bet your house and my house, and, and and the odd part was he had two of the top defenders in the league with with Butler, who got every call in the world because to of to a free throw line. That's a whole other thing, but but I was fortunate enough to get on to uh, Michael's show yesterday right at the end, and I said, would you take a split, all three of them, and they they said the logical thing, yeah, we'll take it, you know, burden in the hand, and then Michael made a, a great point and said, well, if you win Friday, then well, so here's here's where I'm coming from on the this whole thing. Look, we've all been hard on Julius Randle. He plays his ass off. He looks he like he worked in a coal mine after the game. <laughs> he looks exhausted. Jalen Brunson made the big shot. The problem with Miami is they're not as good as the Knicks now, in spite of those home cooking calls and they made an egregious mistake by keeping Tyler Harrow who's a tremendous scorer but he didn't even put his hands up on Randall's shot which once it went up I kind of thought it had a really good chance because that's his spot But the way it ended, and knowing you and myself and all the others mentioned, we've seen that 50 times. He never made a game winner, but he made it last night. And the coup de grace that really made me feel good about this team was, I forget that five-second violation, but what made me feel great was the, the, no timeouts, and the Knicks made the right substitution. He took Brunson out, and he put uh, the bigger guys in. And how did you feel when he swiped that pass? Because you, oh you, you were picturing Harrow getting a clean look in the corner again, right?
1: Yep. He had that. And Spike, thanks for the phone call. He had that one, uh, was it earlier this year? I think it was earlier this year that he missed uh, at the Garden. Um, No, when when you you, you're watching, I mean, the previous possession where Hero was able to strip Randall and and drive down and the the Heat take the lead there. And then just the way that possession was coming about and the fact you have no timeouts, you're thinking to yourself, oh, you know, you've seen that that Nick game uh, a thousand times before. And look, uh, yeah, would I have taken a split before last night? Yeah, of course. Uh, and that's why, to me, that was a game you absolutely had to win. If you're the Knicks, you have to win that game even before knowing how it plays out because the, the fact that the team that's chasing you and if you are legitimately a, a fifth seed or a fourth seed you have eyes on that, uh, that's not who the Heat are. Even though they, you expect them to get better down the stretch, you expect them to get every uh, ounce of production out of the talent they have. That was a game the Knicks had to have and they absolutely had it. And, and look, if you ever get the next one, Look out. Forget about it. You go, to, you go and beat Boston again, I, it's kind of hard to believe. But then you get the road trip and everything else. Boy, oh, boy. Don't let the Knicks get that next one. Uh, the Celtics, th- that might be uh, uh, the, the best thing, the, the last one that they lost, the way they got just drubbed by the Knicks. That might be the best thing for them for this next game. But they better make sure the Knicks don't, uh, don't get that one either. Um, let's go back to the phones. we got to uh, Peter is in the Bronx. Peter. Next up,
3: on the hey Gordon, how's it going? Hey
1: Peter, what's going on, man? I
3: just want to not too much. All all these people calling, oh, the Knicks should have got Donovan Mitchell. We would have been championship contenders. I like, no, we wouldn't have. Like, it's still the Bucs there. We we not being the Bucks. We got yeah. nobody for Joel Embiid if yeah. Joel Embiid plays. Like Utah wanted the farm. Utah wanted our whole bench. The only guy we could afford to really lose right now because everybody's playing great, everybody's gelling, was Obi Toppin. Right. Because he don't get no minutes. Yeah. And on top of that, Jalen Brunson left Dallas because he didn't want to really play alongside Luka, another ball-dominant player. So why would he want to play with Donovan Mitchell, another ball-dominant player?
1: Yeah, it's... Look, I get it. You want to get more talent, uh, and Donovan Mitchell would have made you more talented. He would have made you better. But this, you know, it it almost feels like more so in the NBA where there's like this shortcut the mentality where we just if we would have just given up everything for that one player there, it all would have worked out. And the Knicks have been down that road before, and it has not all worked out.
3: Golden State is Golden State because those players played with each other. They came in together. They they didn't draft outside of them. It's like those were those guys, and that's why those first Golden State teams won chips because they gelled and they came together. Give the Knicks time to do that.
1: Yeah. And, and, right and, now they're
3: playing great basketball.
1: Exactly. Thank you, Peter, for the phone call. One eight hundred nine one nine. ESPN is the uh, the telephone number. And and again, guys, this is like stage one, like. You can't jump to stage seven and expect it to be, oh, well, we could have just, we could have skipped all these other steps, and no, you you got to kind of follow a little bit of a process, and last year was a huge step back, but I think that you're still building. So this is like the, 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 the start of the whole thing. Go look at what it was like. You would almost think that because the Knicks have been terrible for two decades, that somehow that gives you. Uh, the ability to skip steps to the front. No, they started over two years ago. Last year was a huge step back, and now they're building something. And I'm sorry, the Donovan... What's funny to me is that you think that Donovan Mitchell would be the missing piece here. Is Donovan Mitchell the missing piece with Cleveland? Or is Cleveland going to win a championship because they have Donovan Mitchell? No, the Knicks are not championship contenders yet, but th- there's a long way to go before they're at that stage. Can we just, again kind of enjoy where they're at right now because it's been a whole lot, it's been a whole lot worse than this uh, for a whole long time. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Did you guys miss me? I haven't been here the last couple of weeks. You've had, I don't know who you've had. I did not check in to find this out while I was away in my, my darkness retreat. But did you, did you miss me? Was, is it, did you look at the schedule today and say, oh, thank God Gordon's back? I did, All I right. Stu Gordon. Thank you, Chantel. Jacob.
0: Uh, honestly, I was hoping for a longer Ranger game, so what? I would not get caught up in uh, what I learned on TikTok. Today. What I
1: learned on TikTok. We'll yeah. probably do that six o'clock hour today because we're a little. We, we, everything's kind of pushed back an hour. And and, and look, we're all, I think we're only a week away from us pushing the clocks. What is it? Spring ahead? Yeah, spring ahead. I think that. I think we yeah. do that next week.
0: Yeah, next Sunday.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! Selection Which is also Sunday, my birthday. Week. Yeah. Your birthday? My birthday. Look at that. What are you 24,
2: 25? I wish. I yeah. wish. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm glad I'm glad to be back. It's good to be back. Uh, I had to, I have some stories about vacation a little bit later on. We'll get into those, but uh yeah, we're talking about the Knicks right now. 1-800-919 ESPN is the telephone number one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. And um again, it's almost like that there's this idea like you can't just be satisfied with what's going on right now. And again, if you're not satisfied with what the Knicks are doing right now and at least having some, some, some thrills with not just the eight-game winning streak but like the trajectory that they're on. Now, they're not going to win a championship. It's not go- this group is not going to win a championship. Could they win a playoff series? Are they going to contend for a playoff series far more than they did two years ago? Yeah, I would kind of expect that. And I would also think that however the season ends this year, it's going to be a whole lot better than it's been here in, in not like a year or two or five or ten. Like in 20 years. This is the first real enthusiasm that I think I've had in the Knicks in probably two decades. Because even with the Carmelo, it never really felt like they had a real plan. The plan was, let's get Carmelo and we'll figure it out from there. And they never figured it out from there. This group, it feels like they have at least – already they've kind of shown you more evidence that they know what they're doing right like the coach as i said before not a lot of people wanted the coach but the coach has turned out to be pretty good he's done a pretty good job two out of three years it's been fantastic uh with the randall signing did did you think that randall was going to get back to this level this year after last year after the first year i didn't i thought that that one year two years ago was a complete fluke it was an amazing ride you got to the playoffs you got completely exposed and and we all said well you know what we can't he can't be the best player on a playoff contender not even a championship contender a playoff contender well i think that this year they have far more talent than they had 2 years ago now is it possible that they get into the playoffs and they don't win a playoff series yeah that's possible But I don't know. This feels a whole lot more exciting to me than anything we've been through in the last 20 years. That's much is for sure. And again, this is kind of... The Knicks do not have expectations. This is the beginning of the ride. And if they ever do get to a championship level contending, the team is going to probably look significantly different. There's going to be other pieces that you're going to have to go out and and, and bring in. But for for the meantime... After last year, after last year, missing the play-in by six games and not having a whole lot of hope that anything good was going to be turning it around. Even when they got Brunson, did you think Brunson was going to be this good? I didn't. And I liked the move, but I'm like, all right, yeah, it's it's good. We finally have a point guard. But it didn't feel like something that was going to be as game-changing as as it's been. Uh, all right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Uh, let us go to Mike in Jersey. Mike, next up on the Gordon-Damer Show.
4: Hey, Hey, Gordon, how you doing?
1: I'm good, Mike. What's going on?
4: Um, I I just wanted to call in, and uh, it's just funny because, you know, Spike, you know, all of his knowledge and whatnot. I mean, uh, Julius Randle, he he still doesn't go right. So in the playoffs, as you know, it it turns into a completely different game. It's a half-court game, They game plan. He still can't go right. He's going to be exposed. I know they have more complimentary players. But it's not going to stop his shooting. He's, it, 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 unless he can do it in the playoffs, he's still the same player he's always been. Does well in the regular season because it's, you know, game to game, not really game planning. But once you get in the playoffs, he just can't go right. He can't score going right at all. And it's just going to be exposed. Again, I said that he has better complementary players. But if he can't score or contribute, you know he's still going to shoot as much. And turn it over as much. Well,
1: I don't know about that. But, like but, He's not going to shoot as much as he did two, year, two years ago. It was clear he didn't trust anybody on the, else on the team to, to hit shots. I, I think already you've seen this year he, he trusts certainly Brunson. And I, I think I his other teammates more than anybody on that team.
4: No, I, I, I agree. It's just amazing to me that a guy that's that good... In the playoffs, like I said, unless he shows it in the playoffs, he just never seems to work on anything in the off season with regards to going to the right. You never see him make a strong move to the right. It's always to the left. Again, he's great going to the left. But in the playoffs, half-court game, they're going to expose him again. He does trust his other players, but he still shoots it a lot. And he still turns it over a lot, but he does make some shots. But I just think it's still going to hurt them a lot in the playoffs, and the Knicks fans are going to be extremely frustrated with him again.
1: Oh, look, Mike, if it ends up uh... – uh, and thanks for the phone call. If he goes into the playoffs and, and looks anything like the guy against the Hawks in that series two years ago, you're right. But um, I, I find it hard to believe that with the talent in, that has been increased and, and, and not just Brunson, but the fact that, you know, quickly more of a piece. Now you keep Mitchell Robinson uh, healthy, hopefully here for the last, what is it? 17, 18 games and have him ready to go for the playoffs and just the overall talent of the team. I, um, it's hard for me to believe that they're going to get shut down like they did against the Hawks. Because outside of that one game, he really got shut down. And as that series went along, it was – I mean, it was a disaster. There's no question about that. And he has to prove that that was then and somehow that this is different now because the talent um, is different now. But, again, it's almost like if they get to the playoffs – let, let's wait until that happens to, to be able to say, well, it, see, I told you it can't pom- – I, I think that there's reasons to believe that this group is far more talented and better and better equipped, whoever they take on. Now, if they, if they end up going out west and, and dropping down and they're the sixth seed, well, then that makes things far more t- difficult. But if they can stay at five, if they can move to four, certainly if they can move to four, because Cleveland – I didn't re- realize this until uh, during the week, how, how well they play at home um they have one of the best home records in the league so you'd like to be able to have the home court for that series any little advantage but if the Knicks can stay at five or four I think that that's a matchup it's one that they can compete in and if you had told I get it right now while you're winning all these games oh you're only going to compete in a series well look that's a major improvement from where they've been they haven't even been in the playoffs all that much so to say that you can compete in a series against a team that's number four and a team that has, oh, my God, Donovan Mitchell, uh, to me that's saying something. This is the Dan Grasse Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>